Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to Sharkpreneur. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, we've got the good fortune to be with Sean Hart and Seth Stevens from Post Purchase Pro. Sean, Seth, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, my pleasure, man. Glad to be here, Seth. I love your name too, man. Yeah, likewise. Um, so they are um, redundant. I believe four-time best-selling authors. I recently uh, listened to um, one of their books, which we'll talk about, which got me super excited. But um, to, let, first of all, let's tell everybody what Post Purchase Pro does. Okay, I'll take that one, Seth. So Post Purchase <laughs> Pro is the only service of its kind, Seth, that is a done for you complete post-purchase marketing system. And all that really means is Amazon sellers are focused on front-end sales, creating transactions. Post-purchase marketing is everything that happens after that initial purchase. So then I'm assuming by that statement that you solely work with Amazon sellers. This is not post-purchase production for Shopify stores or anything else. Correct. Seth? Yeah, so basically to give you the long the long version, Seth, um, Sean and I started um, our careers way long ago in direct response advertising, and we used to build private label brands kind of pre-Amazon. So like, you know, before 2010, basically, um, Sean, you were doing stuff well before that even, but, you know, when I stepped into the game with you, uh, we were responsible for driving our own traffic, and we would use television ads and newspaper ads to drive our own traffic to our own private label offers. So we took that skill. And when we started building brands on Amazon stuff, um, we used all of that same follow-up 
sequences because a lot of our revenue came from after the initial purchase. And we started doing that for ourselves. And for our brands that we built, um, Seth, we figured out that 41% of all of our revenue came from those follow-ups after that first purchase. And when we uh, kind of sold our last brand in 2020, we figured out that Amazon sellers as a whole are just ignoring their customers after that first purchase. So our company, Post Purchase Pro, helps Amazon sellers specifically follow up with their customers and make more sales on the Amazon platform. So that's that's what we do in a nutshell, Seth. Awesome. And again, huge fan. Uh, the book I listened to was Private Label Millionaire Secrets. For our folks who are listening who aren't Amazon sellers yet, but hopefully we'll turn them into Amazon sellers by the end of this podcast, talk a little bit about what a private label brand is and why it's so powerful. Sure. So private label basically means that you find an opportunity that already exists, like a, a product or a category that's already been proven to sell and convert well, and you tap into that, Seth, with your own version, private label. So let's say, for example, um, you're selling fidget spinners a few years ago. God willing, uh, you didn't jump into that one, I hope. So let's say you want to jump into that, and instead of just having a generic product, you would uh, contract with a manufacturer or a trading company to manufacture yours and put your name. It would be Seth Spinner or something like that. The idea is instead of selling someone else's brand that you have absolutely no control over map pricing, and when you own the brand, you can protect the brand, you can build uh, continuity in that brand and, and a brand line uh, of products, and then you protect it. You get to decide who sells it, what the pricing is, minimum, maximum, and so forth. So at the end of the day, it's all about control. You control everything around that brand, and that that builds a, a, a unique situation where when you go to exit the business, it's actually valuable because you have something that's um, that's proprietary versus buying someone else's widget and then reselling it at a market. Okay, so if I'm just reselling the blank fidget spinner, um, it's a commodity, it's priced in accordance with almost all the other fidget spinners, and the people who bought fidget spinners from me might not know who I am or have any loyalty whatsoever. Now, exactly. hopefully I talked to you guys and I was smart and I just didn't main my brand Seth Spinners because then they're going to expect that all I sell is spinners. And when the spinner phase craze fad dies down a little bit, all of a sudden they're not necessarily going to think of me for other toys. But if, for example, I was Seth's toys now or, or Seth's um, sensory skills or whatever, now in addition to fidget spinners with my logo on them, I can now, I could now also sell the twisty knot things and all the other things that the kids have nowadays to uh, stimulate their senses and help them pay attention when the three of us had to sit in school and just sit still and keep our mouths shut um, as opposed to having something to play with. That's funny. Yeah, I, I played pencil break in school. You know, that was my fidget spinner. I don't know if you guys were ever a part of that. Just a little so. bit. <laughs> I might have played pencil twirl. Now I don't know about breaking them into pieces. Yeah. It, right, it was like so arm busy. wrestling with pencils. You snap each other's pencil, and the first one that breaks the other guy's pencil wins. The teachers hated it. Okay, uh, no but, yeah, I think I don't know what that was. I think but you nailed it. Yes, yes, you you nailed it. Okay, so you guys have an absolutely incredible story. Like going through the book, hearing um, what you were doing with physical products, with TV and newspaper ads, way before Amazon existed. Um, just short version. Tell everybody the the, the heater story. <laughs> the heater story. Oh my gosh. Okay. So uh, we open up this book, this private label millionaire secrets, because uh, Seth really doesn't like to put himself out there. So I had to tell the embarrassing stories. 
So basically, I had an idea of a product. Um, I ran across this uh, heater that was a, a space heater. I actually have one right under my desk as we speak. And it was selling like crazy. And I'd already proven that, Seth, because I watched consumers voting yes with their own money. That's the big issue here. It's not theory. I think this thing might sell. I'm watching these things sell. So I start sourcing, uh, calling some of my sourcing uh, buddies over in China at the time and found that I can buy this heater that's blowing out the door for like $500, $600. I can buy it for like 60, 70 bucks. So of course I go home and I build a website. You know, <laughs> this is funny that you asked this because my son literally last night said, dad, you should talk about this story on a podcast. So I go home, I open up my big giant oversized uh, Mac or not Mac. I had like an IBM laptop. And I build this ugliest website you've ever seen using an old software called Front Page Editor. They probably stopped making that before you were born, Seth. No, Seth, I've please. used Front Page. It was a long time ago. It was 20 yeah. years ago. So imagine this, a website, it's literally just a black screen that's a giant business card that says, you know, what my heater is, a few benefits, and a toll-free number about like 180-point font. And uh, it just says call to order. So as I'm building this, I'm, I'm posting it on, on uh, Google ads, which you could get away with a lot. This is probably 2007, eight ish, something like that. And my first ad got declined and said, Hey, your ad's not approved. So I go in and change some of the copy. I tend to get a little aggressive with my copy and, and Seth number two, he can, he can attest to that. And um, basically while I'm creating this site, I'm, I'm posting the update. So it's going live. And then finally an ad gets approved on Google. A few minutes later, my cell phone rings and it, it's annoying. You know, it's like a call from Nebraska or Idaho or something weird. And I'm like, I don't know anybody there. So I let it go to voicemail. Next thing you know, my phone rings again. I pick the phone up and a little, old, I was like, what do you want? You know, I'm, I'm expecting to, to extend my car's warranty or something, you know, and this little old lady says, yes. Uh, is this where I call to order an, uh, one of these heaters? And like my heart sank and I, my mouth went dry. My palms got sweaty. And I was like, holy crap what am I going to do? Like this lady's taking me up on my offer. This is working. And so uh, I said, can you hold just for a minute? So I mute my phone and I think, what am I going to do here? Am I going to tell her the truth or am I going to take the order? And so, uh, you know, devil on the shoulder says, go ahead, be greedy, take the order. So I flick the angel off the other shoulder and I grabbed the call. And with as much confidence as I can muster, I said, yes, ma'am, you call the right place. This is, this is the, where you order the miracle heater. I think I called it at the time. Um, how can I help you? She goes, well, I really wanted to order two of these. Is there a limit to how many I can order? And I'm like, um, actually, miss, there is a limit. We limit your order to three per household. And she says, and what's the price again? So I look at front page and I say, it's like $379, I think it was. She says, okay, well, I'll take three of them. And I'm like, okay, hold up. I mute the phone. I'm in the house alone. I'm like, shoot, there's nobody here I can share this moment with. So I'm high-fiving myself and I'm like, what can I do? How can I take this woman's money? So I call my, call my wife on the, uh, on that landline at our medical supply office. And I said, Hey, honey, can you run a credit card for me? She's like, yeah, I can do it. It was like, you know, $1,200, 1100 something. And, uh, and she runs it, punches it in the, in the, the thing. And she says, it's approved. So I get on the phone. I said, I'll call you back and explain later. So I get on the phone. And I said, thank you, ma'am. Your order has been approved. As soon as it's ready to ship, we'll reach out to you. Uh, give me your you know, details. So name, address, phone number, email, all that thing. And I hung up the phone and I was like, holy smokes, this is going to be massive. So short story long, within a few short weeks, we sold $1.6 million worth of this heater. 
that I did not own. I had no inventory. I had no supplier and I had no idea how to get it. So I jumped on a plane like any prudent businessman would. And I, uh, you know, I had a layover in Detroit and I'm thinking like, I have two choices here. A, I can give everybody's money back, refund it and eat all the uh, Google ads costs, which was about $30,000. Or B, I can go to China, buy something and fulfill all these promises and save face and put about 600,000 in my pocket. So obviously I chose B, I went to China and the entire business was financed from customers' purchases from that very first ad campaign. That is one heck of a story. And obviously, um, the book has the longer version, which I highly suggest you check out. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, how Post Purchase Pro works now. Um, Seth, you were, you were eloquent in explaining a longer version of what you do. Yep, that's the book. Um, Sean's holding up the book, Private Label Millionaire Secrets. Seth, talk a little bit about how does the process work? What forms of media does it take? All that kind of good stuff. Yeah, so what Sean's talking about, like with the heater story, for instance, you know, a lot of those sales that um, he ended up making and then I joined that company later on, uh, came from, you know, the little old lady calls and orders, but then what happens after she ordered one time, and it turned out that she was worth way more than the very first time she called, because we would follow up with her with, you know, postcards and email and text message and all these things, and it created um, a lot more demand. So we generated more sales. So fast forward to what we do now is we focus on the most um, profitable versions of that, which is email and text marketing. And so every single shopper that buys something from Amazon or from Shopify is worth more than their first purchase. And so what we figured out is if we could sell somebody $100 worth of things the very first time on Amazon, we could sell them $41 more worth of, of our products just by reminding them to buy more using email and text marketing. And that's what we do. So now we say, okay, we understand that you're really good at producing sales on Amazon with your own brand, like you described, Seth. And, but what we're going to do is we're going to take over from once you generate that first sale and we're going to follow up with your customers, reminding them to buy more, reminding them to buy other products in your store. And then what happens is we just use email and text to follow up with them. And then more sales are created on Amazon. And then the thing that blew our mindset is that um, Amazon is even better than when Sean was doing it with the heater business because Amazon sees that traffic from email and text marketing as external traffic. And if you're familiar with how their system works, they reward external traffic with more, basically more traffic that's already on their platform by ranking your product in search. So every time we send an email, yes, we create more sales, but we automatically get more exposure for future sales. And so we build this entire process out for our clients, which are Amazon sellers, um, where we are actually from A to Z, developing their customer list, building their real email list, writing their real emails for them to generate sales. And then we report all those results back to them. That's what we do in a nutshell today, Seth. That sounds like a turnkey done for you solution where all I need to do is write you guys a check and the magic happens. <laughs> so let me ask you this. How does, so it's been said that Jeff Bezos thinks that Amazon owns the customer. We don't own the customer. Are there any rules in terms of how many emails you're allowed to send or how we get the data, how we get the phone numbers for text messages? Can we send them direct mail if we're the ones shipping and we're not doing fulfillment by Amazon? How does all that stuff work? Good question. So uh, you're, you're right. Uncle Jeffy, he thinks that he owns the customer, which he should because 
And any business across the world, I don't care if you're selling software, if you're selling info products or physical products on Main Street, the most valuable asset of any business is the customer. Regardless of what anyone else tells you, without customers, your business has nothing, right? So it's 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 smart, Seth, for, for Amazon to want to build that wall between the buyer and the seller. However, most Amazon sellers out there are focused on only that, that first transaction. Why? Because Amazon makes it so easy. But Seth, if you had a store on Main Street selling suits or, or toilet uh, seats or anything, right? You would never expect to only transact with each customer one time because then you wouldn't have a business. So we are huge proponents of asking this question. Why should your Amazon business be any different than your Main Street business? And it shouldn't. Here's where sellers are getting it wrong. Sellers are, are using product inserts to engage with the customer to try to circumvent some of Amazon's rules of product ranking or maybe uh, review manipulation, something like that. That's 100% wrong. However, what we've done in the past and what we do as a service is we create a situation, Seth, where your customer will choose to reach out to you to re-engage your brand, maybe to receive more value uh, or quality customer service, or hopefully enhance the experience they have with your product. There's no limit to the potential of what we can do. In fact, 41% of our revenue, about $62 million in the last eight years has come from our existing customers that's directly allocated to the follow-up sequences that we send. Well, you certainly can't argue with numbers like that. <laughs> well, you can, but you won't get very far. I was going to say you got 62 million reasons. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now that money would not exist had we not created a scenario where the customer chooses to reach out to re-engage our brand and we stay top of mind. So I always like to use a simple analogy. It never works when I'm in, I was at a seller event yesterday in, in Brooklyn with a, a bunch of religious Jewish uh, friends and it never works there. And I say, and I'll ask you, Seth, have you ever had a, a McDonald's hamburger? Of course. But do you stop at McDonald's every time you drive by? No. Does that stop McDonald's from marketing to you? No. But if you're hungry and you see the golden arches and that devil on your shoulder says, go ahead, indulge yourself, Seth, you might stop and get a hamburger. So all we're doing, it's not magic. We didn't invent this. It's just called business. All we're doing is staying top of mind through a very low cost, but highly impactful form email so that when you are ready to make another buying decision or buy a gift or furnish another home or refer a friend, we're top of mind. That's it. That is a beautiful thing. Now, what kinds of Amazon sellers do you work with? Can I be brand new wanting to get into the business? Do I need to be doing millions of dollars in sales? How does that work? Yeah, good, great question. So if you think about what we do, we follow up with Amazon customers. So if you don't have any customers, um, our job is almost impossible. So you have to have customers and you have to have a business that is somewhat going to where we can make you more money. We're going to amplify what you already have going on. So the bigger the business that you have, the more customers that you have, so the bigger the opportunity. So in general, Seth, if you're not making at least probably $20,000 per month in sales, then it's probably a little bit premature. Um, if you're making, you know, as the as the uh, yardstick goes up, you have more customers, so then the opportunity is even bigger. So uh, we can work with we and we have worked with wholesale Amazon sellers. We've worked with 
private label Amazon sellers, like we already talked about. We've worked with retail arbitrage sellers that are bigger. Basically, if you have customers and you can generate a customer list, that gives you a lot of power. Because um, just as an example, if you're selling somebody else's brand, if you are a distributor for Nike and you're selling Nike shoes, but you can include a card inside of the shoe box that says, hey, um, would you like to know the best running workouts um, of, of 2023? And you get you start to build a, a customer list of runners. How valuable is that? You know they're going to burn out their shoes, so you can be the one that sells them their next pair of Nikes, but you can also sell them shorts and shirts and all the things that go along with their customer journey. So having a customer list in almost any business makes it more valuable, especially when Amazon's so good at creating transactions where you can build your customer list really, really quickly. Does that make sense? Makes total sense. And I love the idea that Amazon will reward me in or and show my product more in organic search because I drove traffic there, which is of course adding value to the Amazon platform. Um, you guys have helped so not only built your own businesses very, very successfully, but helped so many other Amazon sellers. What's your biggest challenge now? The biggest challenge is uh, helping sellers understand the 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 amount of additional revenue that they're missing because what we're doing and 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 I just want to go ahead and, and reiterate this we didn't invent this stuff it's been around for ages all we've done is taking good old fashioned business practice and apply it to new age Amazon but what we're doing is so impactful in so many ways yes we're building a customer list which is a valuable asset just ask Jeff Bezos why he has uh, the most valuable company in the world, right? Yes, we're creating more transactions on Amazon. And yes, this is something that people forget about is that we are impacting the ranking of your product, meaning your product showing up high in search results because we're sending quality proven traffic from an external clean URL back to Amazon's platform, which Uncle Jeffy loves as well, right? Now think about this, Seth, you're in the process of, launching your first product on Amazon. Let's say you launch a product like cuticle oil or something like that. I'm just saying that because someone talked about it last night. So if, if, you were, if you were launching this product, what you should have in mind is the next two, three, four products that meet the, 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 that serve the same customer avatar along the brand line. It could be like nail files or clippers or whatever. I don't even know that, that market. I'm just making stuff up here. But if you can't see the next three, four, five products that you can launch on the back of your first product, then you're probably launching the wrong product. I don't know what kind of product you're launching, but you need to think three, four steps down the road. What happens, Seth, when you have a brand and you have 10 or 15,000 happy customers who have opted in to receive more value from you and you go to launch the next product in that brand? Do you think it would be easier or a little bit more difficult to launch another brand in the same product line, if you have a captive audience of customers who already know, like, and trust you? I think it would be easier. Your passion is obviously having a ready-made starving crowd, to use a Gary Halbert analogy. Um, yes. Your passion is obvious. What do you both like best about what you're doing? So everything that, <laughs> this is funny that you asked that question. In 2020, we sold our last brand and we had an Amazon seller coaching company and we had sold that too. And we basically went on hiatus and had nothing to do for a few months. And then we we cherry picked all of the most profitable and most fun things that, that we liked from our business. And that's the only thing that we do now. Um, so email marketing and this direct response thing that we've all that we've been uh, good at for so long, and we kind of get to show it off 
um, for our clients is a ton of fun. So I love doing that. Sean, do you have anything to add to that? No, um, Seth, when, when we first started this company, Post Purchase Pro, I'm 14 years uh, his senior, you know, and I'm in a different area of my life. You know, my children are grown teenagers. His are still in diapers. We're in different, you know, different stages of life. We had just sold our, our last Amazon brand in early 2020, and we sold our Amazon coaching business. It was a mastermind in 2020. And I'm on a cross-country hiatus with my family, enjoying life, you know, uh, social distancing in, in Montana. You know, it's been popular out there since the 1800s. And Seth calls me and he says, hey, let me ask you a question. And we talk often. I don't answer the phone for a lot of people, but I answer for Seth. Sometimes he has, you know, one out of 20 ideas are pretty good. <laughs> He calls me and says, let me ask you something. Two things. Number one, what was the, the best part of the business? What was the part of our Amazon growth and, and product launching business that you enjoyed the most? And I thought about it and I said, it must be creating follow-up funnels and marketing uh, strategies to sell more. And he said, exactly. I knew you were going to say that. He said, now, if I ask you this, what would you say? How, what percentage of our business do you think comes directly from what you love to do? So he's a smart guy. You know, he first gets me to admit that I like it. And then he, then he tries to uh, back it up with st stats. And I said, 10%. And he's a finance guy. So he says, nope, 41%. 41 cents of every dollar that we have in our account right now wouldn't be there without us creating post-purchase marketing. I said, all right, so what's this got to do with me? He said, let's start a company. We'll create an agency and we'll just do that for all the other sellers who don't understand this. And I said, so wait a minute, you want me to spend my, my golden years? I'm 47, but you know, I act like yeah. I'm 87. <laughs> like you want me to spend my golden years, you know, I already have a mattress full of money. I already own all my assets. My kids are already taken care of for, for a, a few generations. Let's hope, you know, God willing. So you want me to spend my golden years doing what I love to do and creating value for other sellers and getting paid for it? Are you kidding me? I said, go find 10 people that said yes, and you got me. 12 hours later, he calls me and says, well, I called 12 of our past clients and they're all on board. When do you want to go to work? And here we are, <laughs> loving life. Awesome. Well, uh, we know your time is incredibly valuable. We greatly appreciate you spending some of it with us. For our folks watching and listening who either are Amazon sellers or want to be, where is the best place for them to go to learn more about you and everything that you're doing? So Seth, if you go to postpurchasepro.com, there's a couple different ways you can engage with us. One is there's a button right there that says learn more. Uh, we'll send you some emails about some of our history and what we've done and then um, how maybe that can help you. And if you have an Amazon store already, there's a little box there that says analyze my Amazon store and it'll take a look at It'll try to figure out basically what post-purchase marketing can mean for your business. So if you go to analyze my store, just plug in your Amazon store URL and it'll spit out some numbers there for you saying, hey, you're making X money, um, but you could be leaving some money on the table. And here's what that looks like. So that's a pretty good place to start. Awesome. Well, well can I add to that, Seth? You sure can. So we put out a, a weekly podcast called the Post-Purchase Podcast, where we share a lot of our the strategies that we've used to grow our business. So you can find that on any podcast platform. Uh, we released three books this year, one of which you already plugged. This is Private Label Millionaire Secrets, available on Amazon, Audible, any format you like. This is my new favorite, though. We just released this one a few weeks ago. It's called How I Sold an Additional 62730000 on Amazon. We actually hit the uh, number one bestseller uh, on Amazon for about 
one and a half days. So that's my claim to fame. Check it out there. Awesome. We greatly appreciate your time. Thank you everybody for watching and listening. We will talk to you or see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>